0: If you would, please open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where we will pick right back up where we left off the last time I was here, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, and we're going to see if we can get through the whole chapter here today, verses 10 through 23. So please follow along as we read these verses, and then we'll go verse by verse. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and then another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become, will become clear. For the day, should be capital D in your Bible, will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy which temple you are. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ's. And Christ is God's. Now, as we take a look at these verses today, The last time we were here, we took a look at the first nine verses of chapter 3. And even in looking back into chapter 12, we noticed that Paul had addressed the last time about a cardinal man. And what a cardinal man was. This church of, of Corinth was filled with these cardinal men and women. They were they were they were they were controlled by the the things and they thought like the world. They controlled by the world and their flesh was controlling them. And they brought and allowed that to seep in, allowed that to creep into br- the wind of that kind of thinking into the church, and it was causing division, as we saw through this first three ver- chapters of, of First Corinthians. It was causing division among the brothers and the sisters because they were thinking not biblical thinking but worldly thinking, fleshly thinking. And he also in chapter 2, as you remember, he not only addressed in chapter 3, Cardinal Man, but he addressed that there was a natural man and a spiritual man. And the question was, which man are you? Are you one that wants to be living by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit and walking in truth? Or were you wanting to walk in how the way the world walks and the way the world thinks? And it's a choice that you and I must make. And it's a daily choice, is it not? That you wake up and you want to make a decision how you're going to walk this day. Will your path be straight? Will it be lit because you're on his path? Or do you want to be stumbling along in the darkness and causing all kinds of problems? Because it never affects just you. It affects everyone around you, does it not? And so we have to not be selfish because when you become selfish, you don't really care what you do to other people. But when you're really focused on other people, you take heed of how you walk and how you think and what you do. That's why we're to be others-focused, not self-focused. It's about living for others, not living for self. And we can only do that by living for Christ because we need his power and we need his might and his wisdom to be able to do those things. Or we revert right back to the self. We also saw in 1 Corinthians 3.9, for we are God's fellow workers. Paul recognized that he was just being and used by God to do and to work on other people. As God was working through his life, he was working on other people. And that you are God's field. You are God's building. And we talked about how, and he used this analogy, this metaphor of, of Jesus' field. that his, The believers, the church is his field. And there's going to be some that he's going to use to, to, to plant seeds and others to water those seeds. But he does the increase. He does the changing of lives. He'll, he's what's going to produce the growth, the maturity within a person's life. And that all of us are equal. That no one job of planting or watering is not more important than the other. That we are just thankful of what God is doing in and through our lives and for other people as we focus on other people and help other people. It's amazing what God will do and he gets us the increase and in the, in the fruit that comes that bears into that person's life. But today we're going to see Paul shift to a new metaphor. One where the church goes from the field to the building that the church or they us you and I are Jesus's building and it's going to be a picture of a builder and how we build onto the uh, within the church yes everything we're going to talk about is going to apply to you and I as an individual it's good application but if from a simplistic and context perspective it's talking about the church body as a whole so keep that in perspective And we will see and we have seen many times in the New Testament where the the church or or, or the believers are referred to as a building or as a temple. And we we see that even Jesus was referred to as physical body as a temple in John chapter 2 verses 19 through 22. We see Paul applies the same imagery to Christ's spiritual body, the church, in Ephesians 2.21. We see Paul called the body of each individual Christian a temple, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, that we will get to in maybe two more months. We'll get there. And in this passage, however, we're looking at the local church and Paul describes it as a building of God or the temple in which God's spirit lives. And so many times we've talked about how today in society and today's generation, they find it way too easy for them to stay home and to watch the YouTube or watch something online and they sit in their privacy of their own home in their little slipper, fuzzy slippers and they think, oh, I love this teacher and oh, I don't like this teacher today, so I'm going to change him, I'll go to another teacher and I'll keep up different teachers. Keeping in mind the fact that they're missing of where the body gathers together, the spirit moves. That's why God says and gives us a commandment, do not forsake the fellowship. Are you with me? Because he knows that he's going to work through. You want to meet Jesus? He's going to meet, you're going to meet Jesus through one of us. Because he dwells with us, he's going to reveal himself to you through someone in that conversation as you gather together to worship Him and to study His Word. So don't be fooled by the things that are going on around here and the trends of the world that you can just watch from home and not have to socialize or interact with other Christians. It's so much easier to be by myself. Don't be fooled by the tricks of the enemy. The God's Word is solid. Do not forsake the fellowship because that's God's spirit lives within the church body, the building of the church body. Not the building. You know You know, Calvary chapels. We don't care what the building looks like as long as it's comfortable and clean. Yes, 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 yes. But you and I are the body. You and I are the building that God is referring to here in the scripture. Today we'll see Paul addresses the Corinthians church division and he exhorts them on how to build the local church properly. Because God is concerned by the quality of that church. And we, must be, we must be building the right way of the local church. Because God has a plan. He has a purpose. And he actually outlines this as we will see in the scriptures. He's going to touch on certain conditions that must be met for a local body or a local church building to grow, you and I to grow properly and healthy. Now remember, the church is God's church. You are the God's building that we see in chapter 3, verse 9. The church building, the church body does not belong to the minister. It doesn't belong to you as the congregation. It's his church. We're just supposed to be Obedient to the things what he calls us and be a good aspect or the part of the quality within the building. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? Holy grunt, anything like that would be good. Okay, we're good. We're awake here. For us to be able to do that, we have certain conditions. And the very first condition that Paul gives us here is we must build on the foundation the right way. He says in verse 10, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. Do you see that? The only right way to build on is to have a solid foundation, and that is on a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no other way, my brothers and sisters. Paul makes it clear for them here in Corinth and they, why they need it? Because they walked away from that foundation that he laid. We saw them, he laid that out in Acts chapter 18. He made it very clear how and how it was to be built in the foundation for the startup of that church. We celebrate today our six-year anniversary as a church. Six years ago. Well, tomorrow, the 6th but we're celebrating today so afterwards there's food to be had and to fellowship and spend time with one another but we know what it starts when we started back in the ramada inn 6 years ago with just the, the two families 2 by 2 going out pastor rich and i just 2 by 2 with our wives and, and heather was with us and and uh, jacob wasn't with us at that point in time and we taught I taught the four of them. And then the following week, I lost half the congregation. The other two, Kathleen and Heather, had to go back and sell a house back where we're coming from. But we, we sat there, and I taught Rich and Heather. And the following week, and just wait, wait. Because God said he would add, as long as we stay focused on Jesus Christ and build it right, he would build the church. It's his church. And now we've had the blessing over the six years of hundreds of people to be able to minister hundreds. And now we have people who are taking contact with us all over the world because of the blessing of many being from the military, going back home afterwards, being here for a year to two, and then off on to the next. What a blessing. But God says he was going, as Paul says, it's because of the grace of God. He understood that he didn't deserve it. There's nothing he, could, he was bringing to the table that was of any, of any value. There was no merit. There was no something with his name recognition or anything that was going to build that church. It was going to be because of God's grace that he had, God was going to use him to pour into the lives of the people he, he would meet. And he would just introduce them to Jesus and introduce them to Jesus and talk about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and what he's going to do. And he, he was in our previous chapter, where he, he was giving them milk. And he was giving them milk. He wanted to give them some meat, but they couldn't handle the meat, remember? So he had to say, I want to give you in more depth of so what he's going to do in your life and in the future. But I had to keep it at the milk level because you were still trying like babes. But I know you're going to grow and mature eventually, and you're going to be able to partake of the meat, the depths that the Spirit of God wants to take you. But it was by the grace, and it was such an incredible thing that Paul recognized what God was doing. Paul understood that not every minister that was going to follow him was going to labor the same way in building the foundation of the building. He says, I have laid the foundation. I have given you the message of the cross and very solid teaching from the word of God. It wasn't built on human principles. It was based on the person of Jesus Christ, not the principles of human thinking. And there is a difference, my brothers and sisters. When people are preaching a thing, principle, principle this, principle that, and what the world thinks, and trying to mold it back into the church, and trying to make it real and relevant, and all these things, what happens is you misfocus on the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, line out the character of Jesus. Oh, absolutely. Because I want to know the character of my Savior, my Lord. Not Sir whatever. Not Mr. such and such. That does not help me. But the foundation that is laid is on the, print, on the, on the, on the character of who Jesus Christ is, our Lord and Savior. Paul, when he came to Corinth, he says in, he determined to preach only Christ and him crucified. We saw that back in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Remember in Matthew... Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, what did Jesus say here? He says to, to Peter, he says, I also say to, to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, go back in a couple of verses prior to that. What made Jesus say that? Well, back in verse 16, he says, but who do you say that I am? Remember, that it was the question. Who do you say that I am? And the response was, Simon, Simon Peter answers and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, that, that was the answer. That was the rock. That's the foundation that Jesus is talking about. That's what the foundation that Paul is referring to is the fact that Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. And don't ever forget that. Peter is saying that Jesus is my hope. That's the only place I place my hope. Jesus is the, the promise that was always, has always been promised from the start of the beginning. Jesus is the one I will follow, the one I will surrender, the one I will trust in. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. He's the one I'm talking about as my foundation. And to put your trust, to put your faith in anyone else is not a solid foundation, my people. That's quicksand. <laughs> That's not even just sand. You're going to sink quick, and it's going to gobble you up if you put your trust and faith in anybody else. It's in, it's in trust by faith alone and Christ alone is how you're saved. And there is no other way. Very simple. <laughs> Oh, it's so simple once you decide you wanted to die yourself and live for him. Then it changes everything. You just have to make that decision. It's a choice. The freedom to choose by his grace. The foundation is laid. The foundation is all about the basis of salvation Acts 4:12. Yet Paul knew that others would come after him and build on a foundation that would not be that same foundation. We see that in 2 Corinthians 11.4 where in Corinth there were people were coming in after him and preaching a different gospel. Causing confusion. And we see now Paul is dealing with it by writing this letter back to them to say, hey, get your act together. Go back to the foundation I had laid which is on the person of Jesus Christ. Because the true... Church foundation of Jesus Christ is not built on political interests. It's not built on some social programs you start up in the church, and it's not based on some moral campaign that you feel like you need to go and do. It is about getting out the gospel message. It's about what Jesus himself is and can do for a person. That is what we focus here on Calvary Chapel. That's why we do verse by verse teaching. Chapter by chapter, book by book, we're going to get through an entire Bible because we want you to know the whole counsel of God so that you're equipped to share the gospel of who Jesus Christ is. And that is going to give you such a foundation in your life, but in the church body, as Paul is addressing, it will give a foundation within this body. And we want that to do it because it's the foundation. Doing it the right way is so important. It's the only one that's going to last. So many churches today have these focus on doctrinal emphasis, they'll pick a doctrine or two, and that's their emphasis, that's their ministry. Sometimes they de-emphasize certain doctrines to try to make it as seeker-sensitive as possible so people won't be offended. But those are not solid foundations. Those churches are going down. We have to keep that solid foundation. Even the Corinthians here were emphasizing personalities. They were, I'm a Paul, I'm a Peter, I'm a Paulos. They were emphasizing personalities, uh, certain preachers and certain teachers. Oh, we're going to come and listen to the preacher, Paul. Paul's not Jesus Christ. Apollos is not Jesus Christ. These are good, solid men who were uh, getting the gospel out. They were doing what God has called them to do. But the people were looking at the man, not the vehicle, the vessel that God was using, and not Jesus himself. And how subtle that can happen today. And that's why he says at the very end there, let each one take heed how he builds on it. There is only one foundation for the church, and it's founded on Jesus Christ. And if it's not founded on Jesus Christ, it is not a church of Christ. It's some other kind of social gathering or political Maneuvering or social reengineering taking place. It is not God's church. Now, oh, it can happen where you can start well in a church, just like the Corinthians. But if we're not careful, if we do not stay focused on the Word of God and make sure we keep away from these programs that kind of constantly are seeping into the churches and stay focused on the Word of God teaching you the word of God applying the word of God encouraging you through the word of God that is our focus then what's going to happen if we don't do that is we will see what the Corinthian church did and that we will find that some unworthily things are being built on that foundation and it's only a matter of time that foundation becomes weak and we can't allow that to happen can we brothers and sisters that's why we stay focused Now, he continues here, and the second condition, besides the condition, the fact that we need to actually build on the foundation the right way, but we also, the second condition is we must build with the right materials, and he addresses that here in verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw... Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So as fellow workers, as we're working and we're doing what God's called us to do and we're being obedient to what God is directing us by his word and we're being obedient to that, what we'll find that each one of our work will become clear if we have the right heart in doing that work. You can be one that comes every Sunday. You can come to every single outing and gathering and doing everything. But if it's not with the right heart, and if it's not because it's your your loving response to Jesus' love for you, it will be tested in due time. When you get into heaven, it will be tested by fire to see if it's something that was good or not. And based on that, we will see here, it'll become very clear what you built the foundation upon. Paul here made it very clear. He seems that he was referencing the, or have a mindset that the temple building materials that we see in 1 uh, Chronicles chapter 22. And, and we see that the building God is constructing in his people and with his fellow workers is his temple. He's doing a work through you. Now, the precious stones is not jewels. Sometimes you'll see some um, Bibles that are referred to as jewels, but these stones are actually referring to solid rock, like marble and, and stone. That's what it's referring to, not fancy jewels. And it's also, as we look and study this, it's referencing, what are you basing this on? Is it based on value, solid value of the word and the wisdom of God? Is that what you're basing and building the church upon? Or are you basing it on man's wisdom? And we've studied that because, remember, the first three chapters is all about wisdom. That's what Paul's been talking about. These people had went from God's wisdom, God's truth, and started moving into man's wisdom, doing it man's way, and he's still plugging away after three chapters here in the first part of the letter, trying to get across to those people, you've got to move away from man's wisdom. That's just hay at stubble. Those are temporary. Yeah, they may have some value, but not building the church. Don't use man's way to build the church. You let God do it his way according to his wisdom. Let him build it the way he wants to build it. That's what we're to follow. We need to keep it simple. This human wisdom, this fleshly attraction of the the bells and whistles that are going on in the church right now is causing it to have a weak foundation. It's going to crumble. It's going to come down. And the fire will test each one's work. When our work is tested by God, it will be revealed what kind of work it was. Just as the fire will destroy the wood, hay, and straw, but not the gold, the silver, and the precious stones. But notice here, it's not based on the amount, is it? Notice the language. It's not based on the amount of work that it's going to be evaluated, even though... That is a value, right? The more you do things for God and with the right heart, with the right motive, great rewards we will see for you. Crowns, that you'll have many crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus when you're in heaven. But here Paul is saying it's not about the mount, You mean you're not doing this and you're not doing that? You're not doing... See, I can only pray. That's all I physically can do at home is pray. And people sometimes look, oh, is that all you can do? That is not how God thinks. You realize that. It's how faithful you are and with the right heart that you're doing it. And if it's just... If you're there praying, uh, you know, uh, without stopping, just praying for the church and praying for the people and whatever God put on your heart, you'll be greatly rewarded in heaven. And then others could be there preaching and teaching and singing and whatever else. They get up there and it's all burned away because they didn't do it with the right heart. Did you see, do you understand that? So it's not the amount, it is actually the quality that he's talking about. It is actually the right heart. And it's during that, as we will see also in 2 Corinthians 5.10, Paul refers to the same testing here. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, referred to as the Bema seat, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We'll be rewarded in heaven based on what we have done with the right heart for the Lord. Now, it's very sobering, very sobering thought that many, many people who believe that they are serving God today, that they can sit there and check off all these things that they do for God you realize, and you've heard me over, if you've been with me long enough, it is not that you have to read your Bible. It doesn't mean you have to come to church. You don't have to do anything. That's legalism. What we're talking about is that you desire to spend time with God. You desire to be with God's people. You desire to serve him as he leads you. Not because you have to. That's religion. It's because you have a relationship with Jesus. That is why we do it. Are you with me? Amen. So we see that many people will sit there and use the wrong, unworthy materials to build on this foundation. They'll say, yes, I love Jesus. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I am going to go to heaven. I've got my fire insurance. And then they turn to the way the world thinks and says, where's the business model and where's, let's use this. I do this at work. Why don't we use the same concept here? And we need to build a lot of programs. And I've done my research and let's do surveys and let's do this and see what the people in the community want. And we'll do these surveys and we'll look at these schematics and we'll see, oh, let's plant a church here because... Because that's where the higher national growth, um, uh, income growth is. And we'll plant a church here. That means more the average person has a higher money and we'll make more money. All these crazy things that go in the church today. You will never find that here. I assure you. But that's what people do. And they wonder when they get to heaven, they go, well, I did all of this. I've done the surveys. I had hundreds and thousands of people coming. I felt I can fill a stadium, thinking it's going to be rewarded because thousands came to a stadium, and it will just burn away and get nothing because they did not build it with the right material. Are you with me? Make sure your heart is right. And just because of your love for Jesus, allow Him to direct you and give you the wisdom to do what He's putting on your heart to do. And you will be rewarded as we see. We also see here, He Himself will be saved, yet so as through the fire. So it's not talking about losing their salvation here. It says very clearly, they're, they're saved, they're barely saved but they're saved with everything gone. No rewards. No responsibilities in heaven into eternity. Because based on your faithfulness today will determine what you're in charge of and what you'll be in charge of doing as the Lord leads you into eternity. Paul had been writing about the wisdom. He's trying to get across about how important it is to rely upon God's wisdom and not man's wisdom because it's the right material to use to build upon the foundation of being saved and the body of Christ to, to do it. Because we want building the right way is absolutely critical that we keep that material that we use be the word of God. That's the material that we are using. That's what the material would continue to use. When people come to you and say to you, I need help, I'm suffering, where do you turn to? What material do you b- lay on, onto the foundation of the gospel? What do you lay and what do you help them with? But only the word of God. That's the right material. And when you use the word of, ma- the, the word of God, the right material, then you are going to see growth in the to church. You'll see strength and maturity and healthiness within the body. But if you turn around and say, oh, I was just listening to Oprah and Oprah said, please don't do that. <laughs> I was listening to the political. Please don't do that. I was surfing them now. Ne- please don't do that. Show me where in the word. Then I'll receive it. Show me. You, you share the word of God in the, amongst the body. You're good to go with me. Because I know that God is using you to help the body, the building, the building on that foundation. But then Paul goes on in verse 14, in 15, in 17 actually, through 14 through 17, he talks about three types of ministers here. Because he's really speaking to the ministers, those who are building on that foundation, right, in the church. And he says right here, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures... He will receive a reward. We talked about that. That's a wise builder. The wise master builder that Paul referred to him as himself. He's going to be rewarded very very clearly for that. But then he says also here, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. That's an unwise builder. That's someone who's not using and relying upon the word of God. They're relying on human wisdom, human philosophy, psychobabble. Those people are not going to, those are unwise people. They're not the wise master builder. See, the wise master builder will dig deep into the scriptures. The word of God is the precious gold, the silver, the stones, the truth, the things that they can rely upon that are absolute truth. There's no question about it. Remember in Matthew 7, verse 24, or 25, I believe. He says, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Because I assure you, if you use that right material, the word of God, when the storms come, because they're going to come, when the rain is beating down on your house, and it will, when things come and come and bombard us within the church body, it has and it will. We must be on basis on the word of God. We stand firm. Nothing's going to come crashing down. But if you don't, you will find your house come crashing down. If the church body is not based on the word of God, that church will eventually, the fire will test it. It will be of no value. It will come down. That's why it's so important that when we study the Word together, when we get together in the ladies' studies, the men's studies, whatever we gather, even our children are going through the Word of God. Because if we don't, if we stand there and we give you the, uh, entertain you with music to draw you, or if we sit there and use clever sayings to entertain you, Or if we use discussion of the latest trends and I pull out the newspaper and I tell you, look at the newspaper and let me show you where that might attend to the. Or if I just sit up here and tell you about personal stories to make you feel good. Or I'm just a really clever delivery. I pace just right. I have my tone just right. I've got my flowing robe just right. Most of the time, as you know, I'm usually not this dressed up. I like it casual. (laughs) Those things, it's only a matter of time the foundation will become weak and that that church will not stand. Because you really don't want to hear my stories. They will not help you in your time of storms in your own house, in your own life. You need to know where to go to the word of God to draw that strength from God. Now, he continues here in verse sixteen, seven. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are you? So we saw that there was a wise builder, there's an unwise builder, but we also see here in verse 17, there's also a destructive type builder. One who's actually teaching falsely, not teaching the word. Did you know just here this phrase, do you not know is the first of 10 occurrences of this clause in this letter alone? And each time you see this clause, do you not know, it is followed by an indisputable statement of fact? And what is it one here? He says, do you not know you are the temple of God? Do you not know that the Spirit dwells within you? You are the temple of God. Do you not know that? If you don't know that, you must know that. You must believe that. Because that is foundational for you and I. And as Paul tells them and reminds them, you are the temple of God. He says later in, in chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, he says, it also is the fact that not only within the, the, the Holy Spirit dwells within the body, but he dwells within you as a temple of God. What makes the church a temple of God? The spirit of God dwells within us. No spirit, no life. God's spirit is moving. The body has life. And he'll be healthy. And it will be fruitful in what God's called us to do. But he says and he warns, if anyone defiles the temple of God... If you defile the church, God will destroy you. Now, keep in mind, the Greek language here for this word is not one of eternal damnation. When he says, I'm going to destroy you, it doesn't mean he's going to eternally damn you. He's actually talking the fact that you will be diminished. Your effectiveness the fruitfulness will not be there in, your, in that church. Paul is saying here, he who defiles the church by either overtly or subtly causing division within the church. By coming down on the church or by pulling away from the church. By using cheap material. Other than the word, you're using all these other flashy little stories and history things that you can pull out from the, the web. You're not teaching the Word of God. You're not following the Word of God. You're not obeying the Word of God. You're adding to. You're taking away from the Word of God. These things will diminish that minister. It will diminish the effectiveness. It will defile the temple of God, the church body. And that's why we stay focused on the Word of God. Because I don't know about you. I fear God. (laughs) i fear god and so i know that i'm accountable to him and it's a good thing may that be for you as well so that we do not have division within the church we stay focused on the word and when we do that we will see healthiness a good thing take place within the body and why is this so important to god it's because the Lord is very protective of his church. He loves his bride. And he is not going to allow anyone to hurt his bride. He won't. It's only a matter of time he'll take them out. He'll become ineffective. They'll just walk away because God's temple, his church is holy we see here at the end. It matters to God how we treat his holy temple. How, he treats, how we treat one another within the body. It matters to God how we treat one another in the church and if we follow man's wisdom versus God's wisdom and how important that we are committed individually and as a body to God's word. Now the third condition we see is we must build with the right plans. As we're building out the globe how critical it is we've been spending time building the plans and revamping the plans and changing the plans to get it Right. Based on God's way, we're seeking him. And OK, Lord, does this work? Is this going to be are we, are we are we doing what you're causing us to do here? It's the same thing. with building on the church uh, plan. It's got to be the right plan. It's got to be according to his way, because he says in verse 18, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So Paul is exhorting, exhortation here to the church body that says, wait a minute, many of you now have, you know, you're know you seeking after the wisdom of this world and you're thinking like the world and you're relying upon the world to build this church or to keep the church together. That is not how it works. Don't deceive yourself because you've all been deceived because you think you're smarter. It's called spiritual pride. Because you were taught, and you were the part of the first church, and you know the word, you've gone from knowing the word, and it's become spiritual pride, and it's become a religion, and it's like you're better than other people in the body. Because I am a Paul. I'm from the original guy. Oh, no, I'm Apollos. He was he was younger and fine-tuned it. I like his style. How about Peter, or Cephas, as, as Paul refers to him? He's the, he's the guy. Because he was one of the originals, you know. Be very careful, because what happens is you start having this, seem this wisdom, or the, being wise in this age. You think you're just the latest and greatest thing to come on the market. Be very careful of that. And you know, there's only one solution. Paul says it to him, let him become a fool in the eyes of the world. Don't act, don't do things in the church body because you want it to blend like the rest of the world. The companies, the businesses have a five-year plan. Have a budget down to the every little penny. Well, the church is going to have to have a five-year plan, a ten-year plan. It's going to have a budget down to the penny. That's using wisdom of this age. That is not how God works. And we have to be very careful not to allow that to happen because we all have different backgrounds and we come in and we try to use and do what we're comfortable with in the world. It doesn't work that way. We trust in the Spirit of God leading us by the Word of God and doing and working within this building of this body, it's by prayer. Do you realize that? It's by prayer that we are led by the Lord. Instructed by his word. Not the latest gizmos and gadgets and books on the shelves. It's through these 66 books that the Lord has given us. But Paul isn't telling them, you need to renounce this worldly wisdom, this humanism that has crept into the church. You need to get rid of this this. this, this, this psychology thinking that has crept into the church. You must get rid of the psycho babble out of the teaching of the church. You must keep it to the pure teaching of the word of God and let the Bible teach it within itself. The Bible is very supportive, it's the best commentator of the Bible itself. And it must be supported by the Word of God. It cannot, oh, the Word is this says this because. Dr. such and such who says and did his research. No, 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 no. Back to the word of God. Show me then the word of God. Because if it's not, he says it right here. It is futile. It's craftiness. It is witchcraft. It's satanic. Do not touch it. And we must build with the right plan. And God has a plan, my people. We see that in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, that God has a very specific plan for each local church. Each local church. And then now the fourth condition. We must build with the right motive. We must do and be part of that will glorify God. That is our priority. It says right here, Therefore, let no one boast or glorify in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or, or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours. And you are Christ and Christ is God. So he sits there and he exhorts one, t- one once again. He's saying to you and I and to the Corinthian church at that time, we must glorify God in all that we do don't glorify Paul don't glorify Apollos don't glorify Peter they're not they're not the ones to be glorified did they save you no are you accountable to them in heaven no are they to be your Lord absolutely not those ministers are not to lord over you they're to shepherd you. you are there to help you and encourage you and to protect you and, and feed you. But that's all they're to do is to feed you and to protect you as a shepherd. They are not to lord over you. Only Jesus Christ is your Lord. And so he's sit in there ex- exhorting them and saying, you must understand why are you narrowing? Why are you limiting yourself? If you just follow Paul, you're being limited. you're following just a policy you're being limited do you realize you have all the truth it's all yours god has given you all things for your life why would you limit to yourself in some one person thinking it's it's crazy the corinthian church must stop glorifying men and you because that's just carnality and you must start glorifying god Because if they had been seeking and glorifying God in that church, like they did in the very beginning, they would not have the division in their church that they're plagued with. They would have unity and peace in the assembly. Now, don't get me wrong, because I know some people are going to say some things to me and write me letters, but don't get me wrong. You might find that there are certain pastors that teach a Certain way that just it just you like their style, it just it really speaks to your heart, and God is really using them to drive you back into the Word of God and helping you to know the Word of God and your desire to to just absorb and go in in deeper into the Word of God. But let me reassure you of something I found over the years is that they're very easy to go listen to, but typically the one that you really can't handle the most, the one you just, oh, I don't know, is actually the one that is probably the most you need. And do you know why? It's because God is using that person to kind of smooth out your rough edges. It's probably the one that God uses to convict you the most. And the one that challenges the most and stirs up and encourages you most to do things for God. Whereas the one you like listening to is funny and makes you feel good and smile and laugh. But it doesn't change your life. He doesn't cause you to get into the word of God and and repent or to change. It just makes you feel good and fuzzy all over. Because you like his style. So I encourage you, do not avoid and just heap up teachers because that's a very warning in the scriptures for you and I. At the end times, people will heap up teachers. Find the one that God is using to bring change in your life. That is the person you're listening. God is, the Spirit of God is working through that person. Remember, it's not the individual. It's God working through that individual that you're looking for. Amen? Are you with me? And that's what Paul is saying here. Be very careful. Don't limit. Let God work through. And then finally at the end, he says, for all those things are yours. All are yours, and you are Christ, and there's a balance here. The balance is it's a good balance that Paul says to him And as he finishes his thought. All of this that God has given you, this Christian liberty, it's a wonderful thing that we have Christian liberty to live for Christ. But he also says, and you are Christ, which is Christian responsibility. Yes, you have liberty to live your life as a Christian. But you also have Christian responsibility, and there's a balance there. You must have both Christian liberty and Christian responsibility to build a church that will not turn to ashes when the fire comes. And so many churches today, they live so free on the edge of liberty that it's questionable. And we don't want that. We want that balance here in the body of Christ here. Yes, we have liberty. But we also have Christian responsibility based on the, the word of God. And that is what is going to keep us healthy and mature and, and, and fruitful as a church, and we will be able to continue to build on the foundation that God has laid here. Because we want to be building the right way, do we not? Amen.